This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good morning. We are doing the Bhagavad Gita, and this is we have started a new chapter, chapter seven, and we had done till verse two. So here in this particular chapter, we are going to learn about. what is this knowledge of god with form and without form so here krishna is going to give us an idea about these two kinds which is manifest and unmanifest and what are these two things so we will continue from verse 3 onwards today so we are doing the bhagavad gita chapter 7 verse 3 hardly one amongst thousands of men strive to realize me of those striving yogis again some rare ones devoting himself exclusively to me know me in reality now this is a very crucial verse for all those people who believe in terms of realization and think that realization is a very very easy thing this is a verse where he says that amongst the billions of population that we have there may be hardly people whom you can count on fingertips who actually go towards realization the rest of the world is made up of atheist agnostic and the rest of the believers now in that believers also how many people are actually on the path of devotion maybe 10% now in those 10% also how many are actually looking for krishna nobody when we were doing the uddhav gita krishna says very clearly nobody knows me and nobody comes to me everybody thinks about every other god on this planet earth and they are lost in that god that means whenever they want something they will definitely go to meet these gods and say god i want this god i want that but in reality they are not there with me at all nobody knows me and nobody even looks at me nobody cares for me here in this verse he is giving now that was the uddhav gita remember i did it two days ago and this is another scripture which is called the bhagavad gita and this is a teaching given to arjuna that was given at the end of his life by krishna to uddhava this is given to arjuna this is somewhere in the middle of his life when the war was going on now here he says that even among those billion people there will be just a few people on fingertips who are actually striving for realization striving doesn't mean that oh i was sitting for meditation for 10 hours 20 hours 30 hours and that doesn't make any difference to krishna at all here it means the knowledge has to be imbibed soaked in soaked in. then you have to apply that knowledge application of the knowledge is very very important after application you have to go through stages where 
these examples will stand in front of you. You have to go through them. Realization is at the end of the barge pole. Realization is not so easy. There may be thousands and thousands and thousands of people who call themselves yogi. And they may be sitting in whatever places, you know, mountaintops and homes, you name it, in ashrams, God knows where all. Now in that, there will be just some people on fingertips who get realized. Now there he says, even those who are realized, this is a very crucial statement, see what he says. Hardly one amongst those thousands of men strive to realize me. That means, these yogis who are there, who really strive very, 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 very hard to actually know about uh, realization, what we call as enlightenment, in that enlightenment also, there are those who may reach that place. But again, some rare one devoting exclusively to me knows me in reality. Isn't this a very strange sentence? That means I want you to actually understand this statement. Here he says there are yogis and yogis and amongst those yogis there are enlightened ones. Now from the past till today there might be a few thousands enlightened. I can't even say whether they are thousands or whether they are a couple of million, I have no idea. But let us just think. In those thousands that are there, this is what he is saying. In those thousands that are there, there is only one, one amongst them who is devoted to me. Only one who is devoted to me. One amongst these thousands who are enlightened. Even this one who is devoted to me, only that one will know me. So I hope you understood. Enlightenment doesn't guarantee Krishna. This is the statement. Getting enlightenment from any path. You can go to any path for that matter. You can become a Buddhist. You can become a monk. You can become a Christian, you can become a Hindu for that matter and go and get yourself enlightened and have a halo on top of your head also. Sorry, you will not know. I personally tested this out one day. I went to some of these people who are great devotees and I asked them a very simple question. Where does Krishna stay? See, it is written in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna stays somewhere. Vrindavan? Where is Vrindavan? Vrindavan near Delhi, you know, 100 kilometers away. I said, no, that is the earthly Vrindavan. Where does he stay in this Vrindavan? It's called Golok Vrindavan. Everybody, all these people who are this, you know, uh, Krishna type of devotees, they will say, oh, he lives in Golok Vrindavan. There are lots of cows over there. Okay? Lots of cows. I said, then where is this Golok Vrindavan? It's a heaven. Where is it? Not a single person was able to answer. I said, I want you to quote the scripture. 
So I asked them, which scripture do you follow? The Bhagavad Gita. Oh, the Bhagavad Gita. One of them was a double PhD and nuclear physics. I don't know what all things. And he was the head of what is called as the place where you gather all the knowledge, kind of a library or a place where you have a repository of knowledge. This person headed it worldwide. And I asked him this question. And I said, uh, how is it that you don't know? He says, of course we all know. Our guru has taught us. He doesn't say guru. He calls him by some other name. That person is dead many years ago. He has written the Bhagavad Gita explanation. Okay. So I was very intrigued. I said, even in the book he has not written anything. That person has not written anything in the book and you are following it to the T. And you say, even if I say one word here and there, it's not good. I said, can you please tell me where is this Golok Vrindavan that you talk about so much? There was no answer. Because he did not know. Then I removed the book. I said, you please take out your book. I don't want your explanatory text because people have are reading explanatory text of the Bhagavad Gita and then giving answers. No. Give me the bare text. Bare text means only the verse is written. I said, here, in this verse it is written. And yet you can't see it. It's right under your nose. It's right under your guru's nose and your guru doesn't know it. It's right under your nose and you're such an educated person. You have given your life to Krishna. How is it that you don't know? How is it that none of your people over here and wherever I visited, they don't know the answer? This is the verse where Krishna is actually telling you the answer. He says, one amongst thousands of men, only one in these thousands of enlightened yogis. Enlightened may be thousands, but one amongst them, only one, rare one, devoting himself exclusively to me, knows me in reality. Only this one person will actually know me in reality and nobody in this world will know me. Isn't that a very shocking statement? The whole of Christianity prays to Jesus. But nobody knows Father in heaven. Do you understand? This is what is there in that and this is what is here. In the whole of India and the world where Hindus are praying to gods and they are trying to reach whichever destination that they want to. I want this, I want that. They go to begging all the gods. They pray to so many people and yet they do not know where he stays, where he does what and has absolutely no clue who is Krishna and nobody knows him. Even if you get enlightened, it is not easy to know him. So this was a very strange thing, isn't it? He is absolutely incognito. I will tell you a story of a sage. It was the year 1950-50. This sage was lying in Vrindavan. 
Now he was an enlightened yogi. Please understand. He had enlightened. He was an enlightened master. And he had performed a lot of miracles. So this person was lying. He had not eaten for many days. And at that time, he was lying on the ground at one place. Uh, in his, uh, there was a small jhopri kind of a thing. And he says, I want to meet Krishna. Okay. So he gets a dream. In the dream, he sees a young boy with six children discussing that this yogi, you know, he has not eaten anything and he needs water. So we have to show him water. So he thinks that it's an illusion. So he opens his eyes. There's nobody there. He closes it once again. Three times this happens. After the third time, he says, I will keep my eyes closed. I will not open them at all. So he keeps his eyes closed. So this boy in blue, he comes and picks him up and says, let us go. Now remember, this man is in sleep. He's a sage. He's a great sage. He's an enlightened sage. So he takes him by his hand and takes him far away near a Kadamba tree. And says, look, there is water over here. He says, where? Here. She says, there is no water there. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> and he says, let us, he tells his six friends, he says, let's call Vishwamitra, uh, Vishwakarma. <laughs> and Vishwakarma comes over there. He says to Vishwakarma, dig a well over here. So with these six boys and Vishwakarma, they dig a well. And there is a water over there. Now, the blue boy says to this man, this sage, this yogi, he says, take this water, drink it. And he, before he drinks it, he is a little scared about the whole thing. So what he does, the blue boy, the blue boy is Krishna, remember that. Except this yogi doesn't know. Yogi has absolutely no clue. So he drinks. And he says, see, I am drinking. I am not going to die with this water. I know the whole area over here is poisoned. See, I am drinking. So he drinks. And then he gives a little water to him. And then he drinks. And then after that, his eyes open. So he is lying in the Jopri office. He says, what was that? A dream? He doesn't even bother about going outside his place or even searching for that location which in the dream Krishna had shown him. So some time later it so happens that he is still lying in that glani desoy. Glani means completely in the lost state. A young boy comes and he comes with a small, you know, that diya bati, you say, <laughs> the diya which is the small panti we call it. So he comes with that and he gives it to this 
बाबाजी नाउ दिस पर्सन इज विजिबल ओके दिस पर्सन इज विजिबल सो टू दिस सेंट महात्मा जी यू हैव नॉट इटन यू हैव नॉट ड्रंक एनीथिंग सी आई ब्रॉट सम यू नो छास फॉर यू छास इज कर्ड यू नो दैट वॉट यू कॉल दैट and he says you have it he looks at that thing only so much it's not even two spoons <laughs> it's small vessel and in that there is not even two spoons so that mahatma ji looks at him and says what is this are you doing some stupidity or what see you must be stupid so he says mahatma ji don't worry drink this i am telling you no so this uh, yogi he drinks it <laughs> the moment he drinks that little thing all his hunger and thirst goes away and then this young boy says to him i showed you the well why you didn't go and see that well the mahatma that that saint yogi looks at him and says what i showed you the well didn't i okay okay i will go and see and this boy goes out and this young boy who is there krishna himself he goes out this man this saint goes to that place and sees that there is no well over there and what is that fellow talking about there is no well over here how can he say that there was a well over here but then some villagers come over there there are six boys in that <laughs> young boys <laughs> and then there is a mason okay you know the mason and the mason is there and he comes with six workers and he says mahatma ji i was told to dig a well for you over here who so who told you oh i got a dream and i was told you know you have not done anything to help the mankind over here at least this place should have water now this is happening in vrindavan remember this very close to vrindavan is about a few kilometers away so this man says i will dig a well and he digs the well the six people help him he digs the well and at the end of the day they hit water okay and he removes the water and gives it to this mahatma ji and says here drink it and he says it is uh, you know muddy so don't worry it will not be muddy so in a few minutes he drinks it this is shital then this very nice water after he drinks it he is satiated and he thanks that person and he says thank you so much not realizing that the person who is standing in front of him is the architect of this universe and those six are gopis of vrindavan now here you will find that this story didn't end over here that mahatma goes back to his hut and stays there many years later some people they spend a lot of money and make this into a nice well the well is still there and it is still existing till the end 
this mahatma this person doesn't know that it was krishna who came and helped him it is only once that he had a glimpse that it was krishna krishna's maya is so strong that krishna never allows anybody in his vicinity to even come to know who he is he covers the whole thing up so beautifully and this is a lesson this chapter we are doing on maya and how she covers up every human being without any idea or an inkling of who is krishna so did you understand this even great yogis who are enlightened masters only if they have the highest devotion to krishna can ever know him otherwise nobody can know krishna this is a verse chapter 7 verse 3 where krishna is acknowledging the fact that nobody will know him even on enlightenment it is not possible to know him because enlightenment means you get dissolved dissolved in the brahma how would a person who is dissolved in the brahma ever reach the second divine unmanifest to know krishna it is not possible that is why to know him is impossible so we will now move to the next verse and the next verses are all about maya and how it entices a person right from beginning of their birth we will come to know this krishna is going to explain this to arjuna now this please understand this is happening in the middle of the battlefield kurukshetra so we are doing the bhagavad gita this is chapter 7 verse 4 and 5 earth water fire air ether mind reason ego these constitute my nature divided into eight parts this indeed is my lower material nature other than this by which the whole universe is sustained know it to be my higher spiritual nature in the form of jiva o arjuna so here we are getting a distinction between the natures of krishna now krishna what he does is when he is coming into the manifest domain now let me give you an understanding when what does it mean that when he is coming into the manifest domain sri krishna is the ultimate supreme divine consciousness the ultimate destination for the highest of the highest yogis that are there and the gopis that are there so from him came the first divine unmanifest which is called the brahma the brahma split self itself into now i am just going faster into purusha and the prakriti principle right the prakriti principle is called mother nature a mother nature is divided into these eight principles which he is talking about the five are the elements earth water fire 
air and ether. These are the five basic elements. Yes, the scientists can call it hydrogen, oxygen, these, that. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want to. But for a spiritual person, this is what they are supposed to know. There are five basic elements. The five basic elements are? So we will start from where he says, Earth, water, fire, air, ether. Then he says, then the sixth one is called the mind. It's called the mind. The seventh one is called the reason. Reasoning capability. You have reasoning capability. And the eighth one is called the ego or ahankara. So these are the basic eight principles it splits into. Now all these are called the lower nature. See, lower nature and then the jiva, the one that you are. You are living and throbbing, aren't you? You are alive. That alive portion, that life principle is called the jiva principle. That is the higher nature of his. Nature, prakriti. Please understand this. In prakriti, there are these two principles. One is the lower nature and one is the higher nature. I am going slowly. Alright. So there are the eight, total eight in the lower nature. I will repeat again. Earth, air, water, fire, ether. These are the five elements, elementary things, which you can see. Uh, you can definitely see. Don't you? You can see the earth. Air, you know there is air. Water, you know what is water. You know fire. You know ether. Ether means the sky is beyond. So in that all these elements are there. Sixth one is called the mind. People say, no, mind is not here. Mind is the subtle energy that is a subtle. It's a subtle body kind of a thing. So mind, you will say, mind, how is it that mind is there? Sir, everything has mind. Everything has a mind of its own, isn't it? Doesn't the air have a mind of its own? The air can go wherever it wants to, isn't it? Similarly, the fire has a mind of its own. You burn something, it can go whoosh, or it can go. <laughs> so it has a mind of its own also. Right? Reason. There is a reason for everything. Everything has reasoning capability also. You have reasoning capability. Why is it there? Why? The why principle. Isn't it? There is a why principle. W-H-Y. This why principle is, why is the air over here? Sir, you have to breathe. <laughs> you are alive because you can breathe. See, both ways. The reasoning is there, isn't it? You can see the reasoning. The last one is called ego. I am there. Don't you know that? I am there. Huh? The ahankara that comes in everything, every human being, animal, bird, including the elements, they also have ego. You will say, what? How can they have ego? Well, 
Have you not read the Vedas? The fire god is there. Agni Dev. Huh? Why you? Don't you know that? Everything in this world which is called the created world has ego. So it has a mind, it has a reason and it has an ego. These are three more lower principles. They are not the higher principle at all. So Krishna is saying, I have split myself in the material world through this Maya. Maya, remember? Purusha and Prakriti. Through this principle of Prakriti, I have split myself in the lower nature. Lower nature. And then there is a higher nature. Higher nature which is beyond the lower. How does a person keep the lower nature in action? Because of the higher nature. The higher nature is there. So the lower nature can react. Otherwise there is nothing happening. The higher nature is called the jiva. The factor is called jiva. Scientifically, if I have to tell you, it is like this. The lower nature. Hydrogen, oxygen, carbon, you know, all those nitrogen, so on and so forth. Now, if I take all these things together, individually, separately, can they create a, a living creature? The answer is no. They can never create a living creature. So if I put, okay, if I put all the ingredients together, carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen. If I put all these ingredients together, do you think it will create a protein? You know a protein? It's affecting you right now, isn't it? You will ask me, what protein is affecting me right now? The whole world is getting affected by that one protein molecule. It's called the virus. <laughs> See, there is a pandemic in the air. Everywhere pandemic is there, isn't it? Coronavirus, we call it. Coronavirus. What is it? It is a protein molecule and it is alive. So if I put all these four ingredients together, Will it create a protein? Now you will ask me, why are you saying like that? Why should it create a protein? Well, the basic, the basic ingredient of protein is carbon, hydrogen, oxygen and nitrogen. Right? And what is the basic principle? Of, what is the basic component of carbohydrates? Carbon, hydrogen and oxygen. So if I put all the carbon, hydrogen, oxygen and do something about it, do you think it is going to create something? A living creature? It doesn't. So did you get this understanding? I can put all these ingredients together. I can try to push them one against the other. Yeah, come on, come on, let's do it. Do you think I can create a genetic pool like that just out of hot air? This is not creating diamonds in the laboratory, isn't it? Diamonds can be created in the laboratory. You know that very well. Most of the diamonds are artificial diamonds. They can be created in a laboratory under very high temperature pressure. You can definitely create a diamond in the laboratory. That is just plain carbon. But to create a living creature, it's not possible. That is why all these ingredients are called lower. See what he says. 
these are my lower nature higher nature this indeed is my lower nature other than this by which the whole universe is sustained the whole universe is getting sustained by what is called as a life principle life it's alive it's throbbing something is keeping it alive you also as a human being could be born dead isn't it you have seen no there are children which are born dead they are just not alive at all or even tomorrow when you die what has left you correct something was there inside which is keeping that clock ticking inside of your tick 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 tock tick tock like that now it is not there so when you are dead so what is it that keeps this alive so he says this is my higher principle so he says by which the whole nature is sustained this whole universal nature of mind that is prakriti is sustained know it to be my higher nature please know that is my higher nature it is the spiritual nature it is adhyatmik it's in the form of jiva it is in the form of jiva o arjuna what is he saying it is in the form of jiva it is the jiva principle which keeps a person alive now this is the part where everybody gets confused they say it is the soul the soul left the body you are confusing the terminologies there there is only one soul only one super soul that is being he is called the paramatma he is krishna he is paramatma so you think he is going to take one small portion of it okay okay i am going to take one small portion push it in this body and that is going to keep it alive no he is giving you the answer it is the spirit body that is the spiritual one it is called the jiva the principle of jiva the alive thing inside of you something which keeps you alive that is what is called as my higher nature it is krishna's higher nature and it is called the jiva principle okay so we will move to the next verse so this is verse 6 chapter 7 the bhagavad gita verse 6 arjuna know that all beings have evolved from this twofold prakriti and that i am the source of the entire creation and into me again it dissolves Uh, this is a very very straightforward sentence remember we have done a verse where nobody understands krishna did i not tell you even enlightened beings don't understand krishna they have absolutely no clue about him here he is saying something which you can understand very clearly he says everything has come from me only this is what does he say everything has come from me only arjuna know that all beings everything that is alive human beings animals birds you name it trees everything that you think is sentient everything that is alive in this world all these have evolved from twofold prakriti 
Just now we did that. The higher principle and the lower principle. Got it? There is twofold prakriti, mother nature. All this has come from me only. Got it? It's come from twofold prakriti and that I am the source of the entire creation. Krishna is telling Arjuna, I am the source of the entire creation. It's an ultimate statement. Please understand this. In India, we abide by the Bhagavad Gita. Even in our courts, we use the Bhagavad Gita for swearing on. The whole world, that is the whole Hindu kingdom that is there, wherever there are Hindus over here, they all know the Bhagavad Gita. It is Krishna's words to Arjuna. This is the ultimate essence of all the Vedas put together. It's literally like the essence, the ultimate essence of all the Vedas and the Shastras inside this one book. It has got 700 verses, 18 chapters and Krishna is talking to Arjuna in the battlefield. He is the one who is actually telling us these words. I am the one. He says, I am the source of this entire creation. This whole thing has been created through me only. Through me. I am the main source of it. And again in me it gets dissolved. So finally at the end of the cycle, where does it all come back to? It dissolves in me. Now, for those who think that Krishna is a principle, they call it Supreme Divine Consciousness. They call it by that name. Let me assure you one thing. The principle is called Supreme Divine Consciousness. The absolute final entity. But he is also a person. It's not that he is some not an entity as such. There is a person there at the end of the whole thing. And that is the reason why he says everything dissolves in me alone. It is Krishna who is telling Arjuna, isn't it? We have always to understand these words very carefully. Why? Because if we do not understand, we are going to not even give respect to Krishna. So you can come up with whatever theories that you want. But here is the ultimate statement. Everything comes from me and gets dissolved in me alone. This is the final statement. There are no other statements after this. There can be no other place from where it comes and goes. So this whole thing, the whole objective and the subjective world, everything that is there, Whatever the planetary systems that you see, whatever the human beings to the animals and birds, everything came from me and is going to go back into me again in the end. So at the end of the last cycle, everything is getting absorbed in him. That is the meaning. So we will move to the next verse. This is verse 7. From chapter 7 of the Bhagavad Gita, 
there is nothing else besides me. Arjuna, like clusters of yarn beads formed by knots on a thread, all this is threaded on me. Here he is giving another example. He says, besides me there is nothing. See, besides me there is nothing. What does it mean? That I am the ultimate, isn't it? That means you can put whatever you wish to on my body. On my body if you want to. So, this whole universe, this created concept which you have in your mind, or even the dreams that you can think of, even the Maya's creation, whether you think it is real or unreal, everything, this whole thing is literally on me. There is nothing else besides me. Everything else that you can think of is all in me only. Me only. Everything is I am the one. So if you can think of anything, that is me only. If you think that you, the human being that is listening to this, is not me, then you are mistaken. Because even you are literally like a string of pearls. Okay? Everything in this world is like a string of pearls woven on a thread. As if I have threaded this whole thing and all that is lying on my neck. Think like that. So now, visualize this whole concept. He says, the whole universe that is there is literally like a string of beads. String of beads. Hanging by a thread. All that is in my neck. How does that sound? That means, where are you, sir? <laughs> you are not even a minuscule portion of it. They say, honey, I shrunk my kids. Okay, here you can't even say, honey, or shrunk my kids. Everything is shrunk to the level of non-entity, literally, isn't it? So, where are you? People are getting elected. People are getting lost. People are... You know, I, it's a very strange world. This whole world is very, very strange. Someday there is a great leader. And he thinks that I am the ultimate. He is just not more than six feet tall. Okay. And there is a whole universe out there. And even if there is a man staying on the moon, he won't know this guy. And yet this guy has the ego to say, I am the greatest. You know, it's a very strange thing, isn't it? I will tell you that today there are so many places in the world, things are happening and 99% of the time you don't know anything about it. It is not even affecting you. It doesn't even affect you. Why? 
Because that part of the world, who has heard of it? There is Papua New Guinea. You know, there's a there's a country. Now, how many people have actually heard of it? Nobody. It's a very big place, by the way. Very huge. It is 98% forest. Only 5% has been explored. There are only tribals staying there. You know, the local people are staying there. That land is getting cut. The forests are getting cut over there. And what are they doing? They are planting palm. So that you can get palm oil. So there is a company from Australia, Singapore. You know, They are putting palm oil over. They are destroying forests after forest and planting palm. It is one of the most dangerous things to do. Because the environment is getting affected because of this cutting down of the forest. And yet, does it, do you even know about it? The answer is, I don't know. Where is this New Guinea? I don't know. Where is it? I want you to go and see a beautiful documentary on the birds of New Guinea. Go and see the birds. I can guarantee you one thing. You have never seen those birds in your life. And they are very much on earth. They are very much on earth. Have you seen those kind of birds? Never. So, people are there and nobody knows. Right? In the same way, I am giving you an example of what is happening. You will have no clue about it because you don't know. Likewise, there is a very beautiful country in South America. Now, it so happened that 130 people were elected last year. There is a president also. Now, this president who is there is not belonging to any political party. He was elected by all the people. This person is pro-nature. He is against all these nonsensical things that are happening. He is very much for environment. He is very much for doing something about that country. The name of the country is Peru. So what happened? Two years he was the president. He brought a lot of changes. But he did not belong to any political party. The political parties over there tried to observe him, throw him out. They never succeeded. They tried many times. Finally, now, this year, they have thrown him out. And because they have thrown out a good man, the whole nation came together. And they had so many different, different morchas, you know, calls going out. We want our president back. So the 130 people in the parliament, it was dissolved. 
they were just elected last year the whole parliament was dissolved now this country is for the last few days five days is without a ruler nobody there to rule that country now i will ask you this question do you know about it answer is no <laughs> because why are you concerned why are you bothered you are not bothered about your neighbor also nobody is bothered about another person so what what difference will it make to you you are cocooned in your tiny world of yours you know the tiny world of yours you are bothered about your own self your family your near and dear ones your own relatives friends that is it do you know what is happening out there you don't have any idea you are you can only see through this nose of your like this you can only see you are a you are a cockeyed person your vision is very limited now think about this if you are such a person whose vision is so limited where i proved it to you that you didn't know about these two incidents and two corners of the world happening if you don't know anything about this world what will you know about humanity what will you know about the person that you are oh can you understand the insignificance of your birth you are a human being who is not even bothered about himself because you can't see beyond your nose i am trying to make a point over here to for you to understand that you are least bothered you can be the president of a country also you don't even know it's like once a president of america was asked this question about india and that person had no clue about india so do you understand this there is no knowledge there is no understanding though they are the leaders of their group or their company or whatever and they are very narrow focused in their world and here we are doing the bhagavad gita where krishna says it's such a minuscule thing you know you are just an insignificant thing in this world and you are such an insignificant one that it it is literally like this earth might be just one small bead the earth you are insignificant and look at the earth the earth itself is a tiny bead in this whole creation if i take give you the picture of the milky way galaxy and if i tell you where do you know where the earth is okay 6 by 4 picture you know maybe i can give you one picture and tell and tell the whole picture of this galaxy you know milky way and i say can you tell tell me where the earth is i can guarantee you can't find it it's not even one dot in the milky way and believe me there are billions of such kind of galaxies and there are billions of suns sun so where are you you are insignificant now if you can be strung on one small bead and the thread is passed round and that is hanging in the neck of krishna that is where you are nowhere and this is the whole point of it 
there is nothing else besides me arjuna like cluster of yarn beads formed by knots on a thread all this is threaded on me now the yarn beads what is yarn thread okay you know thread no cotton yarn so yarn is that thread which is there now i take a thread thicker one and you have seen in all these youtube and various other places they can make a bead out of it and then the next one and then the next one and then the next one like that they can make a bead thing you have seen crochet isn't it c r o c h e t crochet so in the crochet what do they do they use the long needles and then they do that literally it is like that bead from one string and that is strung on me is like this cloth in that there is a tiny thread where are you insignificant so everything is me alone the whole universe is me forget the universe everything that you can think of there is nothing else besides me how would you do that how can you even think of krishna so this is the main question you have to ask yourself so where are you what are you thinking of yourself with your big ego that you have you are nothing you are insignificant and yet you are showing ego and here even sages don't know krishna one in a thousand may just you know may be a devotee of him and may know him but that too it is not possible the reason why it is not possible is because without the grace of krishna you can't know him the grace is important but why will krishna give his grace to you you ask yourself this question what is it that you have done for krishna that you can give that he will give shower his grace on you count yourself among those millions of others and think of yourself have you done something significant something extraordinary the grace is not going to flow just like that here in this one he says na amongst the thousands of men who strive to realize me this strive means striving is just not a plain word strive means really working very 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 hard realization of krishna is not so easy realization of realization is easy to become self realized is perfect no you can become you can become a yogi you can become a realized yogi also but you think this realized yogi know him so that is the reason why he says there is nothing else besides me arjuna like clusters of yarn beads formed by knots on a thread all this is threaded on me it's as if i am wearing this garment somebody has crocheted the garment for me and i am wearing it in that there are knots and in the knots there is one small earth and in that small earth 
there is a small u. This is the level of understanding you should have. There is nothing besides me. So, I am going to stop over here because next week we will do the verses which are actually telling you how he describes himself. Because you have to know by example. Just now I told you something, it is, it is going to overwhelm you because first, how do you reach Krishna? Biggest question mark. Absolute 100% devotion is required. You can't have your mother, father, brother, sister, this one, that one, money, power, fame, fortune. You can't have those things. You have to be one pointed, the single pointed devotion to Krishna has to be there. Then only you can achieve. And even then, if you get realized also, even then one in a thousand will know you. The grace is not there even on anybody like this also. Even the sages don't have grace. I can tell you this much. The sages have to literally, you know, work hard for him. Nobody knows him. And yet he says, I am everything. There is nothing else besides me. So we have come to the end of this particular verse, verse 7. Next week we will do verse 8 onwards. So take care. Have a great week ahead. Bye. Take care. Have a nice day.